Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine Work and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. I'm super excited to bring you part two of our three-part series featuring the talent acquisition team at Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, you know, the largest distributor in America. In our first episode of the series, we met Vince Pierce, the senior director and fearless leader of talent acquisition. And he gave us an overview of what his team does and a general idea of the roles they recruit for. Today, we'll drill down further and talk about specific opportunities. Chip Teresi, the director of early career recruiting, will tell us how to go right from college to working in the wine industry. And Mike Cashion, Senior Talent Acquisition Manager for ETP, which by the way is a fancy term for IT, will explain how those who have a flair for technology can work in the wine industry with or without a college degree. This episode is packed with ideas and recommendations all the way through, so be sure to stay tuned till the end so you don't miss the thing. And they'll give you lots of links to help you find your dream job, and we'll pop those in the show notes for your convenience. Now let's meet Chip and Mike. Hi guys, welcome to the show. How are you today? Doing good, well, Karen. How are you? Good, I'm doing good. So can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? Yeah, my name is Chip Teresi and I am the Early Career Recruiting and Programs Manager for Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits. So I handle all things internships and recent grad hiring here. Great. Thank you. And Mike, who are you? Hey, I'm uh, Mike Cashin. So I am the senior manager for talent acquisition. I manage the team that is responsible for all IT recruiting with Southern Glazier. So I have a team of uh, nine total folks that uh, is responsible for doing a lot of the heavy lift recruiting for the, the IT division. Wow. So you work with a lot of, a lot of uh, computer geeks. <laughs> Yes, all the computer geeks. Computer geeks instead of wine geeks. That's <laughs> right. Sometimes a little bit of both. There you go. Well, hey, now we're talking. <laughs> well, speaking of wine geeks, tell our audience, Chip, you go first. Tell our audience what you had in your wine glass last time you had a glass. Yeah, so kind of funny for me. Um, I actually was gifted a, uh, a nice bottle of wine, although I don't drink wine that much. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly because I'm not that big into wine specifically. Uh, but I think it's, it's Gargiulio Vineyards was the bottle. It was, it was a cab. It was probably the best one, uh, glass of wine I've ever had. Uh, but normally you'll catch me drinking some type of bourbon like Angel's Envy Rye or something similar. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds really good. I love a good Manhattan. I'm, you know, especially in the winter, I don't drink them that much in the summer, but Boy, I really do, especially when they have the Luxardo cherries. That's actually the only reason I drink the, Mar the Manhattan is to get the cherries. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Mike, what were you drinking last? Well, uh, I actually had, I'm a big wine geek, so I 
poured a 2014 Herta uh Cabernet Sauvignon, and uh, it's a little small producer there in Napa Valley, um, but it is a big, bold cab and paired really nicely with my uh, with my filet that I had. So uh, that was a couple nights ago, and still looking forward to having another bottle of that. Oh, wonderful! That sounds that sounds great. I'm gonna have to visit both of these wineries since I'm right here in Napa. So, um, so before, you know, we get into your roles, let's talk a little bit, let's get to know you guys a little bit better. So, you know, Chip, tell us about, you know, where are you from? Where do you live? Your education and life experiences, maybe your wine journey. Can you give us an idea of who you are? Yeah, we'd be happy to. So I actually grew up uh, outside of Chicago uh, in a town called New Lenox, Illinois, which most people don't know, but about 40 minutes outside of Chicago. And uh, went to school at University of Illinois in Champaign, Illinois. And um, funny fact, that's where Champaign comes from. Uh, no, not really. Uh, there's just <laughs> cornfields and, and a college out there. Um, but uh, I moved to uh, Miami about uh, a year and a half after I graduated from University of Illinois and um, was there for about six years. And then just recently moved up to Charlotte, North Carolina back in June of this past year. Um, and I studied psychology and leadership studies. So people is really a big passion of mine. And so that's kind of how I fell into recruiting uh, after college and have done a couple of different things. I've done some uh, IT staffing before on, on the kind of short term recruiting side. And then I've done some executive recruitment um, as well, which that was actually mostly in the food and beverage space. So I got to learn about the three tier system in the wine and spirits industry and got to learn about a lot of the major players and suppliers um, within food and beverage, but mostly adult beverage is what I focused on. And it was mostly recruiting for VP of sales roles or head of sales roles for a lot of wineries or breweries or spirits companies, et cetera. So uh, did that for a bit. And then back in 2017 is where I started uh, what I've been doing since, which is uh, what I call early career recruiting or university recruiting, campus recruiting. It's all really synonymous. And so it's really all focused on the students uh, that are looking for internships or recent grad positions out of colleges. And so I did that at Royal Caribbean, the cruise line for about four years and was overseeing. Oh, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually have another colleague that went from the cruise line industry to Southern Glaciers. And we say we were going from, from cruising to boozing basically. <laughs> and making a shift. Oh, that's so, a good way to put it. Yes. Yes. So, um, but yeah, did the same thing over there, overseeing their internship program, recent grad hiring, and then happened to jump over to Southern Glaciers uh, back in 2020. And that's really all I've been doing since. Um, and what's funny is I've never uh, been huge into wine, as I mentioned, but I've definitely been big into the spirit space too. Um, and the reason I even kind of landed here was really kind of ironic. Uh, I happened to, back when I was doing executive recruiting about five years ago, um, I was trying to frequently steal people away from what at the time was Glaciers or Southern Wine and Spirits to try to hire them for other companies. And everyone I would cold call to try to see if they would take on this new leadership role. Um, and this wasn't only at Glaciers or Southern Wine and Spirits, but other companies too. Right. You would never want to leave. And so I knew going into possibly joining Southern Glaciers now that it was a company that people love to be at. They stayed here for a long time. And so that stuck with me when five years later, I happened to be being considered for a role with them. So kind of funny. Wow. That's a great testament to uh, the, 
you know, the, the way that uh, Southern Glazers takes care of its employees. You know, I, I used to work for Glaze before there was Southern Glazers. So yeah. people don't know, there was two separate distributor companies. There was Glazers out of Texas that was in multiple states. And then there was Southern Wine and Spirits that was in other multiple states. I think you're based out of Florida, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. And um, they were they were number one and number two, and they were you know very competitive. And sooner or later, they just decided, well, what the heck, let's team up. So that really brought you to being the largest distributor for sure in the U.S., but maybe the world. I, I'm not sure. I mean, you've, you've got to be pretty, pretty big. Um, I know you're for sure the biggest in the U.S., but I did work for Glazers in Ohio, and now they're Southern Glazers. So I have fond memories of, of, of all that. Well, that's cool. We're going to talk a little bit more specifics about what you do, about your roles that, you know, that you recruit for and all that. But let's uh, hear from Mike. Mike, tell us, tell us who you are. What's your journey like? Oh, well, where should I start? Um, so I, I, I was born in New Orleans, uh, which is where I actually currently live uh, through a really strange journey. But uh, born in New Orleans, I spent some time living in, uh, in Mississippi through my, my younger years, uh, ended up going to the University of Southern Mississippi on a uh, baseball scholarship. So I played four years uh, of baseball for the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Um, ended up having a career ending injury that uh, pushed my graduation date up a little bit. So uh, got out of college in 2017, I'm sorry, in 2007 and, uh, and started getting into sales uh, for just really kind of a, a more of uh, technology type sales. It was point of sale systems for a company called Micros. Um, it kind of had a, a lot of odds and ends until I really found my my groove in, in IT recruiting with a company called Tech Systems in 2010. Uh, and from there, I really uh, spent six years with them and then ended up uh, going back into tech sales as a value-added reseller for a company called Presidio. Um, and for some reason I, I never really meant to, but I just always gravitated towards, uh, it for some reason and ended up developing more knowledge than I cared to even have in it. Uh, <laughs> I like some of that knowledge. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, so it, and you know, it ended up turning into a, a, a bit of a passion and, um, you know, it was really interesting to start learning about how, Technology, you know, is outpacing business and and how it's really kind of correlating to uh, not only the the tech components of of what's driving businesses, but also the personnel and the staff that you need to be able to kind of run these systems and and really maintain your business. Because um, you know, as you've seen, technology is really kind of taken over and, and is really driving business needs as opposed to what it used to be, where business was kind of having technology as a as a necessary evil, if you will. So right. um, I, I, I found myself in, in a couple of smaller companies here and there, just uh, helping them build uh, their, their IT staffing model. Um, and, and really, you know, and then some, some headhunting type of agencies that were looking to build out their IT, IT recruiting practice. And so um, I've had a lot of experience and a lot of exposure to, customer-facing recruitment and, and managing customer expectations, uh, as well as being in the market and, and you know, recruiting the talent that's necessary for these companies. So um, I, I've been lucky to, to get a lot of different views of, of the industry. And um, in 2019, I was lucky enough to land a role with, with Southern Glaciers as their, their IT recruiter 
Um, and then I kind of moved my way up um, through the last three and a half years uh, to, to become the senior manager for talent acquisition here, which I'm, I'm very lucky and very blessed to be a part of. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a weird journey, but uh, I wouldn't have changed anything. And, you know, in 2018, I took a trip to Napa with my wife. We had just had our firstborn uh, about six months prior, and it was my first trip to Napa. And um, I just fell in love. And, and this was before I joined Glaciers, Southern Glaciers. So uh, it just was happenstance that, you know, eight months after my trip to Napa, where I fell in love with wine and had a, a passion for wine, I joined a company that uh, is the largest producer in the country for, for wine and spirits. And, you know, it helped contribute to my wine education and my journey with wine. So um, I'm still pretty passionate. I've got a, a wine collection in my house here of a, a couple hundred bottles and uh, nice. looking to, looking to add to it every day. So, <laughs> well, if you as long as you're not drinking it faster than you're buying, <laughs> you'll be okay. Uh, yeah, if, it depends on when my family comes over. They outpace. That's right. My, they outpace. Well, you know, they outpace if you're like family. me. I have two closets. I have closets of wine for wine people, and I have closets for non-wine people. So, That's exactly right. You know, I you, separate, don't wanna, I, you don't want to cough up the good stuff. For people right. who couldn't, wouldn't appreciate it. Or I also have friends that are wine people and come over for dinner. And, you know, when we're six bottles in, I'm not bringing out any more good stuff. If they want to keep drinking, then they can have the, the other closet. <laughs> That's right. It's it's funny. I have a, uh, I bought a really nice um, wine. Uh, it's not a, it's not a refrigerator. It's, it's got a cooling unit in the top holds about 220 bottles, but I have a display line of about six bottles that I like to keep, you know, it's uh, Opus one and some other really nice bottles. Right. Um, and every time my family comes over, I keep all the good stuff at the bottom. So I call that, that display line, my Mason Dixon line. Right. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell them that they can go grab a bottle North of the Mason Dixon. Right. I have enough. In South That's awesome. Very, it's a good way to, to do that. You have to be careful these days. Exactly. Okay. Well, um, so, you know, let's get a little deeper into into your teams and, and your roles. Chip, why don't you tell us, you know, tell us about really, you did, you know, you gave, gave us a flyover, but tell us a little bit more about what you and your team do, how many, you know, maybe how many people you manage and who do you, who do you recruit for? What, what, I should say, what positions do you recruit for mm-hmm. and how do you go yeah. about doing it? Yeah. So uh, I'm happy to share that our team's grown quite a bit the past year. Uh, when I started two years ago, it was a solo mission with an early career. And so now we have a mighty team of seven people, including myself. And so I have four early career recruiters on my team and uh, they're regionally focused within the U.S. And then I do have a program manager that helps run our internship program and our recent grad programs, which are called our next gen programs. And then we do have a, a recruiting coordinator as well. Um, and so our team is really responsible for uh, any requests that come in for internships within the company and then recent grad positions uh, that we're trying to hire from universities. And so this year we're planning to hire over 350 students uh, across the company uh, in different functions, different locations. So our team in early career is enterprise wide. We cover any place that we're hiring within and all functions. So anything, even from IT, we kind of do step into Mike's world a little bit in IT, as well as operations. We hire a lot of sales, just like our company as a whole, we're about two thirds sales focused, similar to our hiring within early careers, about two thirds uh, sales. And when, when we say sales, I always like to clarify, this is not like cold calling 
type of sales or hardcore business development. It's way more, you know, uh, account management, relationship building type of sales with existing accounts in almost every case. So, yeah, so sales, operations, IT, some finance, some HR, it kind of runs the gamut. And uh, we have an 11-week internship program uh, that runs from late May to early August. And so we help uh, recruit for that program. We help uh, plan and execute and actually manage that program. So, you know, what does the onboarding look like? What does week two look like? What does week seven look like? And then, you know, how are we, you know, caring for the experience for the interns? And then ultimately our internship program is designed to convert our interns into full-time employees. So we don't want to just have interns just to have interns. We obviously want to be able to hire them into our company. And uh, we are now recently building what I just referred to uh, is our next-gen programs. So these are really new. um, And um, we have three currently. uh, And these are anywhere from one-year to two-year rotational programs and development programs. And right now, that's there's one within IT. Um, there's one within operations. And there's actually a leadership development program that will go across all disciplines across Southern Glaciers. So we're looking to hire recent grads to step into those programs. Okay. And so a couple of questions. Um, <laughs> intern, that term, we, we use it for a lot of different things. These are paid positions, Correct. Correct. Yes. Paid. And we actually do try to protect that term internally in in terms of uh, if someone's an intern, they actually have a specific job, a specific function. Right. They're they're acting just as if they were, you know, hired as an employee. It's not administrative. It's not just going to do very menial tasks. You're getting actual hands-on experience. You're actually doing the job. Correct. Yes. Okay. And after 11 weeks, then you either can continue in that job as a real, as a full regular full-time employee, or, you know, you, you decide that's not for you and, or, or the company decides it's not for them and we part ways. Right. Okay. Yeah, and this next too- gen, you said it's a one to two year development program. So is it more intense? Great question. So it's really on timing and to kind of clarify your question to around the internship program, we're typically hiring juniors or, or rising seniors into our internship program. So in most cases, seniors seniors in college, correct. In college. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for it. Yeah. So basically it'd be someone who's in their junior year and then in between their junior and senior years when they will typically intern with us for those 11 weeks. So in many cases, uh, they still have one to two semesters left before they could join us full time. So usually they would hopefully intern with us in a perfect scenario, get an offer to come back with us while they finish their last semester or two and then start you know, three to six months after that, that point. And then, so in the intern program, it's always kids in college or young people in college. Correct. Okay. And so you said the program, the onboarding program takes 11 weeks, but you said you hire really across all kinds of functions. Do do you have a different onboarding that 11 week period? Uh, Do you have a different program for different positions? Great question. Yes. So uh, we, uh, you know, we'll have well over 100 interns this upcoming summer across the company. And uh, as I mentioned, they'll be in different functions. So uh, when someone applies to, let's say, a sales internship or an operations internship, uh, we're looking for specific backgrounds for those positions. And when they interview, they're interviewing with those teams. So if you were to join us as a sales intern or, or be considered for one, you'd interview with the sales team. 
you get understanding what that would look like day to day, and you're staying with that sales team the entire 11 weeks. So you're acting as if you're almost a sales consultant. Now, same if you're in IT, it might be like an IT analyst or some type of developer. You're in that role as if you were almost a full-time employee, maybe in kind of more of a training setting uh, or support setting. But essentially, uh, we're vetting out candidates who are looking for that function and would actually be doing that function once they're here. Okay. So for people listening, um, if you're either in late stages of, co- of your time Career. in college yeah. um, or your college program, or many of you might have kids um, or grandkids, <laughs> I'd probably have grandkids um, <laughs> um, that are in their college in, you know, in their junior year. Uh, this could be a good opportunity. And we are going to give in the show notes some uh, contact information for both Chip and Mike. If you've got, you know, young people in your life and your circle that are interested in this, sounds like a great program. So Chip, in your role, are you really exclusively dealing with with, uh, colleges and people either in college or just leaving college pretty much? Exactly. Yep. That's our sweet spot. We're typically always dealing with the kind of junior, senior timeframe is what we're usually hiring for. And kind of the unique part about our team in talent acquisition is that we're typically hiring a lot farther out than other teams would. So in many cases with our, like Mike's team, which he'll share about and what they recruit for along with our commercial team and operations recruiting team, they're usually trying to fill immediate needs, right? We have an opening on a team or maybe it's a project they need to hire for. They're usually hiring for immediate we could be extending an offer nine months to a year out from when someone would start. So it's kind of a difference of how we actually recruit timeline wise, but it's because of the students that usually would typically, you know, go on campus from September until May and then be available over the summer. So that's what kind of dictates our our timelines. Okay. And you said you're, you said you hire about 300 people or 350. Is that you, your team, the, the early development team period, or is that the whole talent acquisition team? No. It's more, way more than that. So yeah, it, it's just our team of four recruiters that actually handle those 300 plus hires. Gotcha. So, uh, and, but we basically do it over the course of the year, right? We usually will find out in June or, or July of a, of a particular year for next summer's program. And then our team will kind of go on college campuses uh, based on where the, the number of hires are. Like we may have, let's say 30 sales positions in Texas uh, that we're looking to hire for, or maybe it's you know, five operations hires in Illinois or 15 IT hires in Miami, based on all where all those needs are, is what our team will go on campuses to go recruit students for to hire. But it's our team of those four recruiters with an early career that are that are responsible for those hires. So there's a lot more hiring that happens, obviously, at Southern Glaciers besides our department. Uh, we do about 300 or so hires. But at any given point, we have close to 1,800 to 2,000 open positions across the company. So right. pretty large value. So when you're looking at a recruit or somebody in, a, in college or just leaving college, are you looking for people who have like a, like a marketing degree or obviously for IT, you want someone who has you know some good education and technology for sales? What do you look for? Business management? That type, Is that the type of programs that make a good candidate? Really good question. So yeah, definitely depends on the specific role, as you just mentioned, right? So for IT or our ETP department, which is what Mike recruits for, we're typically looking for computer science, computer engineering, information technology, MIS, mathematics or statistics, things like that. Um, And then for uh, the sales side, which is a good chunk of what we do, uh, we're pretty open, right? So business is probably the most common we see or, or maybe communications, marketing, psychology, things like that. 
but we've hired, you know, chemical engineers backgrounds for sales if they wanted it. Right. So it really, it runs the gamut. There's definitely no restriction within sales for the backgrounds. Uh, but it's very typical. We see that business or maybe hospitality background for sales. Someone who obviously does enjoy talking to people, um, is a big part of that. Um, and then for operations, that's typically like a, uh, you know, supply chain background or industrial engineering background is most typical for, for that type of thing. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So that's great. So I hope, I think that's really helpful for people when they're thinking about college or their kids are thinking about college, if they want to end up crossing over into the wine industry. And that's really the point of this podcast is, you know, to, to a lot of people want to get in the wine industry, but think they have to have like their, you know, master of wine certification or even just their WSET certifications. And it's not, it's not true. It's It's always helpful to have, you know, certifications. And that's really what we do at the Napa Valley Wine Academy. Um, in fact, we're the largest in the world, um, except for London. And, um, you know, we, we, um, we certify more people. Well, let's put it this way. We certify, there's hundreds of wine schools. We certify mm-hmm. 35% of all the WSET candidates in the U S. So we're like, and you guys offer WSET to your, to your mm-hmm. uh, employees. I know. But and you're you're raising your hand chip. Are you WSET certified? Yeah, I I have a, a WSET level two for wine and spirits. So oh, that nice. was something the company offered for me and for anybody really, and uh, I took advantage of it. So yeah, good. Well, Mike, let uh, let's talk to you about about what you do, and you know, kind of give us a similar overview like Chip did of your role and and who you know what you what you recruit for what those qualifications need to be and, and all that. Sure. So uh, I manage a team of, of two customer facing recruiters, meaning that they work with the uh, hiring managers to uh, identify the needs of their, of their team. And, and then uh, um, uh, on top of those two recruiters, I have a sourcing lead who is uh, kind of driving results from six of our, our sourcing specialists. So a total of nine uh, a nine nine people on my team right now. So we, as Chip had mentioned, we focus you know solely on on IT type of positions, and this is anywhere from entry level IT roles all the way up to VP level roles, depending on again what the business needs and what's driving uh, what's driving the the need for our entire enterprise. So um, we you know as far as qualifications and things that we're looking for. It really depends on the role. Uh, we have over, in 2022, we were responsible for recruiting over 300 IT roles uh, for Southern Glaciers. Um, and again, these skill sets could range anywhere from a business analyst uh, all the way up to you know platform-specific type of technologies like Salesforce, which is a obviously with the, the sales team that we, we deploy out in the entire country is a huge platform for us. Um, you know, we build our company uh, website and or actually our customer facing online portal that we've been launching um, is called Proof. We build that through uh, SAP, um, a tool called Hybris. Uh, and then, you know, everything in between, you know, obviously we have a, a heavy security focus uh, as any company of our size would need. Um, we have a, a big supply chain and logistics focus for technologies that are specific to those. Um, and uh, you know anything, uh, including uh, the back end, really on the infrastructure side, with data centers, you know, data center technology and 
things that just really keep the lights on for the entire organization from a, a technical perspective. Uh, we recruit and we, we manage the, those roles for our customers, uh, you know, by the dozens, really. So uh, it's a broad gamut. It's a lot of different skill sets um, and it's a lot of different ranges of skill sets in terms of seniority. But, um, you know, th- that just to me tells me that there's a ton of opportunity with the company. Uh, and, it, you know, when you think of wine and you think of, of distributing wine and spirits, you'd really just, you know, the, the IT presence doesn't really resonate with you. It, you think of, you know, supply chain and logistics, but our IT team has over 500 people in the organization um, just on that team alone. And they're spread out across the country, mostly in Dallas and in, in Miami. But, uh, you know, it just shows you what kind of what kind of manpower is needed to really make, make our engine go and, and really kind of support the team that's out in the field right now. So, um, you know, we have a, a similar lift for 2023. We're looking to fill, you know, probably another 200 roles, if not more. Um, and again, it'll run the spectrum of, of, you know, base level roles all the way up to, to leadership type of roles. Now is college always a requirement for your roles? It's a good question. So not, not typically it, it depends on the role, but, um, you know, there's a lot of exceptions made for you know the experience that you might have. Uh, so if we're looking at a senior level role and and you don't necessarily have a college degree, but you have five to seven years of really solid experience with that skill set, that that can certainly be something that uh, we'll take into consideration. So um, you know I've seen plenty of people hired without a college degree. It certainly doesn't hurt if you have one. Uh, but the level of experience and your hands-on exposure to certain technologies is, is definitely the the key attributes there. Now, you mentioned that you're a bit of a wine geek and you have your WSET Level 2 certification. What does the, is there any requirement for any of the IT employees to have a, you know, any kind of wine background or wine certifications? No, um, I, I had zero you know, I had zero background in anything wine and spirits related. I had never worked for any company that was even, you know, in, in the in the industry. So uh, as I had mentioned, I, I caught the bug in 2018 and was lucky enough to land a role with Southern Glaciers in, in you know, mid-2019. And I, I had learned that, uh, you know, if if you're interested, the company's willing to to pay for your certifications. You know, they just ask that you take it very seriously. And um, you know, really study and make sure that you can pass. And uh, I passed. Uh, I passed with distinction on my spirits and oh, both with, with distinction on spirits and wine. Uh, took it very seriously, and it was it was really great. It was a, it was a great experience and a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I, I'm actually looking to possibly do my level three in wine, uh, but I haven't really crossed that bridge yet because I know it's pretty. You know, the level of knowledge you need is pretty extensive there. Yeah, it's about they they uh, they suggest that you would spend about eighty. I think it's eighty six hours studying for level three. Where with level two, yeah. they only recommend twenty eight. So it's a big right. job. It's you know three three more than three times the study time. But but having a level two gives you a good, really good foundation for that. But there is some studying to be done. But yeah, uh, and there's a, a tasting tasting aspect too, which is. That's always been an interesting thing for me. I've really been, you know, I've, I've tried to do blind tastings and, uh, you know, just test my my palate, if you will. And I've, I've learned that 
I'm not very good. <laughs> well, level three is great for that because you really taste a lot of wines and, and you have a tasting in the exam. So yep. that's perfect for you. That's really a, a great organization. And for those of you who listening that don't happen to have the, you know, the pleasure of working for Southern Glazers because you offer it internally, if you are listening and you want to take your WSET certifications, you know, just uh, look us up at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and we will be more than happy to accommodate you. We do almost everything online uh, with the exception of level three. You can take level three online. Uh, the exam has to be live. And we do have several locations. We're not just here in Napa. We have satellites, you know, in different areas. So, you know, check us out. Anyway, sorry, had to do a little commercial. Oh, I, I would add if you're, if you have any, any interest in wine period, I mean, it's a phenomenal certification to pursue and it's you know it's it's a it's a neat party trick if nothing else you know people will come to you with with asking for wine wine recommendations and things like that so i had i even had a cardiologist in my class one time i'm like huh and she you know she was a young person she goes well i'm just thinking maybe when i retire i want to work in a winery i'm like and you're a cardiologist (laughs) it was really funny (laughs) we get all kinds it's i get you know it's really funny though mike uh, in our classes uh, for WSET, we get a lot of IT people who are just trying to get a brain break from all the technology and they yep. want just to pursue something they enjoy. And they're not trying to work in the industry or anything. They just want the not, they like wine and they want to think about something else because IT can be pretty intense, really, you know, so. Very much. Um, it's, it, we, we actually have one of our hiring managers is a, uh, is a certified sommelier. So he's, nice. yeah, he's a good buddy of mine. His name's Mike Gibson. He's a, uh, he, he's a good guy. And, and, you know, we, we, we had a chance to, to sit down at one of our offsite meetings and just kind of chat wine. And uh, it's interesting how much I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Kind of geek out with them. Well, that's good though. You know, I'll tell you what, I, I have, you know, being here in Napa, I, I know a lot of masters of wine and master sommeliers. And they always say the same thing. You'll, they'll never know everything, even though they got their MW or their MS. The world of wine is constantly changing. And with every vintage, there's something new to learn. So you'll never know everything about wine, but it's fun Absolutely. to learn. That's the fun um, part. <laughs> yeah. I have another funny IT story. So one thing I learned, so when we're talking about IT, people think, oh, it's computers. and But it's also a your sales team has their own little IT device, right? What what is it called? They they Chip, you might know this better than me. I mean, they uh, they our online uh, portal that they use is Salesforce. Uh, oh, it is the, okay. Yeah, yeah. The application like, that they use, and they've got like an iPad or something, right? That they yeah. use it for. So yeah. when I started in sales, this is no joke. And God, it was really a hundred years ago, thirty-seven years ago. <laughs> and they literally, what they would do is the admin, we used to call them secretaries back then, Any um, anything that ran through the copier that didn't print or you'd have extra paper or maybe only one line printed, they would cut those in half. They did have a handheld paper cutter and they'd take a wad of them and staple them together. And they handed that to me with a price book that was, that was hand typed. And they said, here you go. Here's your list of accounts. Oh, and, wow. then, and then we had to call them in to the same person the same gal that gave us the order pad, we had to call them in at the end of the day. It was, a, I looked at that. I had worked for another company before that was just ever so slightly more sophisticated. And I just thought, oh my gosh. So times have changed and you don't have to be a tech person to be a salesperson, but you can't be afraid of like iPads and, and that type of oh, thing. Yeah. But, it, it, but it, makes, it makes sales 
jobs, because I came out of sales myself, it makes jobs so much easier, just so much better. Um, yeah, I mean, I that, think back uh, in the day. The pace at which technology is growing is, you know, there's businesses that can't keep up and, and uh, you know, our, our business is almost, you know, outpacing what we can keep up with in the, in the IT department too. So, you know, we're always trying to make sure that we can support the business from an IT perspective. And, you know, that's a, a big reason why we're always hiring and hiring a, a, a wide variety of different positions. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if you are someone, you know, is an, you know, an IT geek, you know, a computer geek, and they like wine, they don't have to like wine, but if they like wine, this is a good way as I say, you know, our goal on Wine, Work, and Passion is to help you make a career out of your passion for wine. There's a lot of ways to do it, and you don't have to know every, anything about wine. And that's pretty cool. I love that. Absolutely. I really love that. Okay, so, um, Chip, we're going to come back to you. I always like to end, our because we're getting close to ending here, I always like to end with telling our audience some things that, you know, they can do as they're listening to you thinking, well, you know, I, you know, I got a son in college or, a, you know, or a daughter in college. And, you know, I, I think they're going to, this would be something they could be interested in. Um, what, what are some action items that somebody can do, whether they're in college or not to say, I want to get in on this. What, what do you think some things mm -hmm. they can do to make sure they're chosen, say, as an intern? Yeah, of course. Um, so I would say uh, one thing I'm consistently telling students, especially if they're early in their you know, career journey, right? Freshman, sophomore, or even junior, uh, is to definitely jump in and get involved in student organizations. So uh, if you do have a passion for wine specifically, uh, you know, there may be a wine club, right, that you could either join or maybe even start at your school. I've seen a couple of those. They're not at every university, but some have like a wine specific one. But you have uh, to be 21. Yeah, there you go. I got to be 21. Um, also, uh, if you are under 21, there's usually hospitality clubs are pretty common at a lot of universities. So you could join those clubs if you want to go that path. But in general, just joining a student organization and taking on leadership roles is a very big uh, advantage, right? Especially because uh, it's, you know, it's hard to get internships and, and, and jobs when you're in your freshman, sophomore year of college. A lot of companies have restrictions around who they would hire. But it's a really great thing to be able to speak to in an interview process and be able to speak to in terms of your experience that you were able to take on a leadership role, you know, beyond the classroom, were able to lead in the capacity and problem solve and, and maybe but you know work on a budget or project management type of stuff. So that's a definitely a big one. Um, and I think uh, for those that are looking to maybe get into some type of sales role within uh, you know Southern Glaciers or similar companies, uh, definitely you know, look, if you are of age, you know, to work uh, in a bar, if you can be a bartender or even just, you know, work in the service industry within a, you know, a, a restaurant uh, or maybe hotel. And that's typically one thing I'll kind of give a student an edge if they're looking to be within sales, if they've interacted in the hospitality industry in some way, I think it's always a great thing to start if you don't have any experience. Yeah, that's great advice. I came out of the restaurant business into into wine. And, you know, it's funny, people don't realize the restaurant industry sets you up for a lot of things. And, and that's really where I caught my wine bug because I, I ended up being a trainer for them and, you know, had to train on the wine program. And of course, our distributors would come in and give us the, you know, a little, little education on the products that we sell for them. And I just, it's just, I'm like, I want to do that. I want to teach people about wine. And, 
you know, when I got into sales, which is teaching, you, you know, you can't sell something, you can't sell a car if you don't tell people something about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the same with wine. So, yeah, I think the hospitality industry is a great industry to come out of uh, in for ge- generally speaking for the wine industry. That's great. And, and Mike, what advice would you, you know, anybody who's interested in IT um, and crossing over into wine, what would you, what advice would you give them? Yeah, it, it's, you know, if, if you're in college and you're looking to, uh, you know, to, to get into IT or if you're studying for it, you know, I would, I would suggest pitch, picking a niche, right? Because um, having a very niche skill set like security or, or some sort of platform, uh, you know, like Salesforce or SAP, that'll definitely give you more, uh, you know, deeper options in terms of, of, what you can do and how, and how much you can really make, honestly. Um, if I'm being completely honest, there, you know, the the deeper your niche skill set, the the higher the demand and the less folks that are doing it. Um, so find something that you really uh, can can explore deeply and and commit to it. Um, if you're not in college and you're looking to get into IT, it's never too late. Um, much like the the WSET, you can find certifications. Uh, and kind of get your foot in the door with uh, with CompTIA and some other you know organizations that can offer some pretty basic uh, IT uh, credentials that can help jumpstart your career there. Um, and if you're in IT right now and you're looking to get into wine and spirits, you know there's really there's not a lot of crossover you know into into anything that's really niche in terms of being in the wine and spirits industry with IT. You know. If you have a skill set that's uh, that's desired within one of you know with our organization or any other organization that has a, a pretty large footprint, um, you know it's really just about exploring those opportunities and and trying to uh, coordinate with the the talent acquisition team and um, positioning yourself well to get one of those positions. Um, you know it, it's it's a it's a definitely a good industry to be in right now. It's a very high demand industry. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. The unemployment rate for IT has been stuck around two and a third percent for the past seven to ten years, and it's never gone over three. Um, so you're always going to be in high demand if you have one of these skill sets, and uh, if you really commit yourself to to a a certain type of skill set that's 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 valuable, um, you'll never be out of a job, and you'll you'll basically write your ticket to wherever you want to go. Right. So how can people, Mike? I'm going to stick with you, and then we'll go back to Chip. How can people uh, find available jobs posted and how ca- can they reach out directly to you through, uh, you know, social media of some sort? Uh, how can they, how can they find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously our website will have all, all, all positions listed uh, that we're actively recruiting for. Um, but on top of that, you know, LinkedIn is a very uh, powerful platform for us when it comes to recruiting. Um, we have a lot of positions that we'll tag and post there. Uh, it, we work with a, a company called uh, Shaker that helps us uh, market a lot of our positions to different platforms. Uh, but for me, if, if you ever have any inquiries about a role with Southern Glaciers that's IT focused, um, I'm always open to networking with anybody on LinkedIn. So you can always find me on LinkedIn and shoot me a request. And if you heard me on this podcast, you can reference that. And I'd be, you know, obviously uh, give a good reference point for me. Um, but yeah, and my team of recruiters is also always open to networking with with anybody that uh, is looking to join the company as well. So um, those are the best avenues. And, and you know, we, uh, we're always looking for folks that want to join the company. So feel free to always reach out. 
That's great. And and your a lot of your team works remotely from wherever they are. They don't have to be in a central location generally, or do they? No. So we we they are most of them are, are centered around the Miami area. They they stretch to Palm, you know, the Palm Beach area. Um, you know, and we do have some of our sourcing specialists that do sit remotely. So we have uh, one in LA, we have uh, one in, uh, I believe, Virginia, and a couple in South Florida. So they're spread out all over the place. So, um, you know, we, we are, uh, we do have a tendency to have a preference towards either Dallas or Miami, particularly with our uh, IT roles that we have um, from a recruiting standpoint, if you're interested in a recruiting role with us, um, we're pretty open to uh, to where the location can be, uh, but we do encourage obviously some face to face interaction where possible with our with our customers and making sure that we're building those relationships. Uh, and your customers to, are internal customers, right? That's when correct. You say customers, yeah. <laughs> these are like sales managers or you know that type of thing, right? Well, they're they're all IT managers, so they're they're all responsible for driving. Uh, projects in on different platforms uh, or for different types of, of of domains, if you will. So, infrastructure, uh, commercial support, supply chain and logistics, uh, back office technology. Those are all domains that uh, that you know, I call our customers. So, um, you know, they have positions that need to be filled. Therefore, there there are our customers, and we have to fulfill those positions. Yeah, that's cool. That's you know, I worked in similar roles when I was in education, all these, all the managers who needed education were my customers. You know, I, I was servicing their, them, them and their teams. So yeah, I get that very, very much. So um, Chip, what about you? Uh, how can they find your jobs or openings or internships that you? Yeah. Have? Yeah. So career sites, definitely a, a great spot. So if you just Google Southern Glaciers careers or Southern Glaciers jobs, it'll pop up. And we actually have a really great uh, filter, uh, actually category there. And so we make it really easy. So if you went on our career site, there's a filter for internships and early career. And if you go on there, anything that pulls up will be for students or recent grads. So it's a really convenient filter for finding positions with, with what our team is focused on. And then we do post, as Mike kind of mentioned, we post on like LinkedIn. Uh, we have uh, jobs going to uh, Handshake, which is a big platform for students. It's on way up. And so all good places to find jobs for us. Um, and then also, uh, if you're looking to connect with me, I'm definitely on LinkedIn, pretty active on there as well. Um, and then kind of a shameless plug, but I did just recently start a YouTube channel specifically for trying to help students in really developing their ability to get jobs, right? Whether it's like interview tips or resume tips, specifically around students. Um, and it's called Chipping Away. So that just recently started and looking to post more more content pretty soon. Okay. And for those of you who are writing furiously to take notes as to how to get a hold of these guys, I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. So it's going to be a long show note for this episode, which is fine. That's all really good. Just out of curiosity, do you guys know if, you po- if you're posted on winejobs.com or Force Brands? I don't do think know? we are. That's, do, Chip, do you know? I think Force Brands we are. I'm fairly certain uh, wine jobs. I'm not 100% positive, but we can definitely find out. We have an amazing uh, manager, uh, Debbie Cicerello, who oversees their recruitment marketing. That will definitely know that answer. Wine jobs sounds interesting. I think we might need to explore that a little bit more. Yeah, I'm looking here. Um, you know, probably not. I'm looking. They they really don't have an IT de- segment. 
everything but. Um, it's okay. There's a first have sort of general. That's interesting because they do have finance and accounting, but I don't see a category for IT. Well, I'm buddies with them, so I'm going to call them up. <laughs> hey, so there's a first time. <laughs> First time for everything, and we can get them started. <laughs> yeah, Forsberg, they were both uh, separately. They were both uh, um, previous guests on the podcast. And I know Forsbrands, I, I know you're on there for sales, I, and I would assume you're on there for IT as well. Okay, well, um, I want to let the audience know that uh, this was number uh, episode two of a three-part series. So in our next series, it won't be next week, it'll be a couple of weeks, um, in our next, our third and final episode, we're going to be featuring Christy Garner, who's the talent acquisition director that oversees sales and commercial, which as you guys said, sales is such a huge part of your company, so many positions. And then Brittany Merritt is the director overseeing um, operations and uh, corporate, anything, anything in that area that's not IT. So don't miss that one as well. It's going to be you know super packed with like today with lots of great information to help you jumpstart your wine career. So uh, make sure you tune in to that one as well. I hope I think this series is turning out really great. Um, you guys are it's great to have each director on board, you know, as a guest because you know just today I'm thinking, wow, you gave the audience so much great advice and great insight um, into all the different ways to get into the wine industry. We all, and anyone who listens to the store, the store uh, podcast regularly can tell you, everybody has their own story. And it's so interesting how we all got the bug. And sometimes it just swerved, you know, it, it found you just so interesting. And your stories are, are just as interesting. So I want to thank you guys very much for all your time and your expertise. Of course, thanks to my audience. And uh, I don't know, you guys got anything else you want to add? Oh, we sign off. Thank you for having us, Karen. This is great. This is an awesome experience. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting some some folks to reach out and help jumpstart their IT career with the wine industry. Yep, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. This is great. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed having you. Um, all right. Well, um, stay tuned, guys, for uh, the next part of this career series. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.